If you're a parent, there's a chance you'll also be a grandparent someday, maybe even a great-grandparent or even a great-great-grandparent. And of course, if you have a young grandchild right now, well, if nothing else changes, that grandchild will become a grand teen at some point. And while today's teens are stuffed full of information, what they really greatly need and are starving for is wisdom. And that is where you shine. They need your gray hair, your, your wisdom, your relationship. And most of all, they need your involvement in their lives to help balance out the more contrary influences from today's culture. They need you to touch their hearts because while parents influence, grandparents leave a legacy. And today's guest is going to tell us how to leave a legacy of hope by offering your grandchildren what no one else can. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello, and thanks for making time to be with us today. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis. Now, our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And I'm Rich Rosal. And Trace, having good grandparents can be the best thing to ever happen to our kids, and even to us as our kids' parents, That's for right. that matter. Mm-hmm. But well, not every family is blessed with a good parent-grandparent mix. And grandparents, uh, I think most of us have seen from time to time, <laughs> can sometimes be a bit of a nemesis to parents, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I've asked today's guest to be with us, because he's written an entire book on grandparenting. And uh, and though I think he and I both have the same number of grandkids, he's got them much older than I do. I, I think his grandkids are like in their 50s or 60s or something like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still uh, I'm still getting the whole grandparent thing sorted out myself. Uh, you know, folks say, well, just remember how your grandparents did it. Uh, well, my grandparents were so polar opposite uh, on my mom's side compared to my dad's side that, you know, even the middle was still uh, way too far from each end on the parenting continuum for me to, to, to know what a good grandparent should actually yeah. look like. And, and my parents and, and best parents, uh, they were polar opposites as grandparents too. So, so again, I'm going to defer uh, to uh, today's guest for that answer. Now, my dad, he, he didn't have anything to comment as far as grandparenting per se, but he did have a comment on grandkids. He, he used to say that grandkids were God's reward for not killing your own. Uh, <laughs> and my pastor said that quite a bit too. But uh, of course, he was talking about me because he, he, didn't, he didn't live long enough to see grandkids from any of my siblings. But uh, I think he'd have been a good uh, grandfather to, uh, to, to all of them. Uh, and though he never really mellowed with age, uh, he had a great sense of humor that was infectious to everyone around him, including his grandkids. And um, uh, so anyway, I, I think humor is important, and I, I do my, my best attempt at trying to be silly sometimes myself. Yep, with, with the grandkids. Well, my wife and I have only one grandchild, uh, at least at the time that we're recording this, uh, and she's only 15 months old, so I know I've still got a lot to learn here. But without further delay, let's introduce our grandparenting expert on the program. Mark Gregston is, uh, first of all, a repeat offender on License to Parent, meaning that he's been with us before. Mark's the founder and the executive director of Heartlight Ministries, which, by the way, is another residential counseling facility for teens in crisis. He's also a popular radio host and a speaker. He leads parenting seminars all across the country. Um, Mark and his wife, Jan, have served families and counseled youth for more than 40 years. So who knows? Maybe his grandkids are in their 50s now. (laughs) But uh, they've got 
two grown children and four grandchildren. And with that, by the way, Mark has now written the book that we wanted to talk about today. It's called Leaving a Legacy of Hope, Offering Your Grandchildren What No One Else Can. Well, Grandpa Mark, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Hey, man. Uh, Trace, Rich, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. You know, you're making me feel a little bit old. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to set and, it up. And, yeah. and, and the age of your grandkids and stuff. I've got a 16-year-old, 11, a 5, and a 4-year-old, and, and so they're kind of spread out all over the map. And, and uh, as I tell most people, I, I guarantee you this, every one of your listeners, that they're going to die after they listen to this program. Uh, it's going to happen sooner That's than they right. think. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to happen the way they think that it is. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of gets your attention a little bit that if we're going to leave a legacy with our with our grandkids, we've got to be pretty intentional, and we've got to do it now. Yeah, yeah. key word, intentional. So tell us a little bit about Leaving a Legacy of Hope. Tell us a little about the book. Well, you know, it, it came up. Bill and Gloria Gaither uh, suggested that I write it. I, I've been speaking at some of their events, and they just said, you need to write a book on grandparents. I said, come on, I'm not that old. And then I started to think about it, and I've got a granddaughter leaving for college in a year and a half, wow. and I yeah. thought, I don't have much <laughs> time left with her to make sure that I am leaving something in her heart when she thinks about me that's something more than just, hey, um, gee, Papa tells good jokes or Papa cooks good steak or Papa, you know, just knows how to ride a horse. I mean, all of those things are so temporal, Mm -hmm. but nothing eternal. And there's a part of me that goes, yeah, I I want to affect the life of my grandchild in such a way that that when I go and I'm no longer around, that, that I have given her little nuggets of truth and communicated with her in such ways that she relies on those things to make life better for her and encouraging for her in, the, in her days ahead as a wife and as a, uh, a mother and a grandmother one day as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, yeah, I sat back and I thought, I've got to do this. And so I started sitting down and, and said, okay, let's put pen to paper and make this thing work. And, and I tell you what, I've had more fun writing this book than, uh, than any other book. So it's been fun. So in a nutshell, what do you feel is the preeminent role of any grandparent? Well, it's not to be a parent. I would say that at the beginning, unless, unless you know, grandparents have to sure. take over that parenting mm-hmm. role. But, but, I mean, it's not to be a parent. It, it's to, to perhaps give a bigger picture perspective of a of, of what life is doling out and, and be an encourager rather than a corrector mm-hmm. being somebody who is engaging in such a way that motivates a child and has a special relationship. I'm, I'm convinced that there is, there is no other role that can offer the wisdom that is found within grandparents and all this gray hair than mm-hmm. the role that a grandparent plays in the life of their grandchild because the grandchild will come to a grandparent to talk the issue becomes how do you engage differently so that so that you're not just another mouth babbling more and more information but you become a fountain of wisdom parents are are so involved of of making sure that everything's right everything's good and 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 it's almost like they're doing this parenting program and after you've lived a few years and had a few birthdays and blown out a few hundred candles, I, I think you begin to learn what's important and what's not. And that's, that's usually the difference between information and wisdom. And I think what's happening is our kids are being bombarded with so much information 
that they're they're turning off everybody. I mean, it's like everybody's talking so much, mm-hmm. and it's just yap, yap, yap all the time. And when Scripture says that a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut, I think it's an <laughs> encouragement to most of us that if we would learn to keep our mouth shut, that what we would do is keep our ears open and we would listen you know, to the heartbeat of a grandchild and take the time to do that. And then when we speak, we don't give them just more information. We tell them why this is important and what they have experienced and what you have experienced are similar and share wisdom that encourages them to obey the things that they know to be true. Mm-hmm. My fear is that so many kids are taking Scripture now and looking at it, at it as just another piece of information. Right and not looking at it as the source of wisdom that it was written for. I mean, it's God himself speaking to us and giving us wisdom and says, this is how you live. But I think we become so program-oriented that when we become grandparents, we try to parent as we did as a, as a parent. And so we're not allowing age and experience and all those things that have honed us into the people with gray hair or bald head or, or a, a fountain of wisdom to really come out and engage kids differently. And that's what I want. And that's what, how I encourage grandparents. Be who you are called to be as a grandparent. Mm-hmm. Don't try to just duplicate parenting all over again. Yeah, I, one, yeah, there's wisdom in that. One of the things that I really like about what you're saying, Mark, is that yeah, yeah, I've heard it said so many times by other grandparents. You know, the great thing about being a grandparent is at the end of the day, you can send your grandchild home. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with the downside of it. You can have all the fun, so to speak. But mm-hmm. in, in your call to be an encourager, um, that's hard to do with our kids sometimes because we do live with them. And we also have to be the disciplinarian. And we also have to, you know, play the tough love parent sometime and do all the other things. So this is very freeing, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think a really good call to 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 rise up and keep trying to to push forward in a good way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? I yeah, I think that's so true. And and because I think what's happening is our kids need somebody to speak wisdom into their life because they're not getting it. All the all the officials, most politicians, most teachers, most people that they're in positions of authority around our kids. Um, aren't engaging with them, one, because kids don't engage like they used to and speak, you know, just face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. They spend more time um, communicating with their fingers than they do with their mouth. Right. And, and, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But, but you know, there's just a part of it where our kids need somebody in their life that's offering something different. So I do this. I never correct my grandkids. Because it's not my role. That's the parent's role. And, and parents do have a tough time trying to ba- do that balancing act of relationship and disciplinarian and authoritarian and, and bringing all those things together. But as a grandparent, I know that I am called to be a source of wisdom. And so what I do is listen. I encourage. If I see something I don't like, you know what? I don't need to deal with that unless my grandchild asks me about that. I mean, so I get to play that role that is a fun role. And there's a part of me that says, I've earned that role. Mm -hmm. I have done this parenting thing enough with my own kids and enough other kids that I get the joy of being at a place where where I am applauded. And and it's almost like there's nothing that I can do wrong when I'm with my grandkids because I do have a short amount of time with them. And so I want to take advantage of that. And I say short amount of time because they do have to leave and go back and live with their mom and dad. 
But even at that, I, I have to do right, even when I think my kids are doing wrong. And I, I have to support them because that's the parenting role, and I don't want to do anything contrary to what my kids want for their kids. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark, uh, though we're both grandparents, we're both a long way from the rocking chair. Uh, in fact, we're, we're probably both as active as we've ever been. Uh, how does the grandparent, who's still busier than a three-headed woodpecker, balance <laughs> parenthood, grandparenthood, our, our own marriages, caring for our own aging parents, our own aging selves, and a career and or, or a calling at the same time. How do we, how do we get yeah. this done? Yeah, and, and that's a great question, Trace, because I think we've all gotten busy. And, um, and there's more, you know, I think, I think we're all living longer and we're living healthier. And, and, um, and be, but I think the reason God's allowing grandparents to stay around longer is so they can be involved in the life of their of their teen grandchildren, and um, I mean it's. It, and I don't look at retirement or or that as that where I can sit around and play more shuffleboard. Right. But I but I think what it calls me to more than anything, um, and I've had this this um, crazy year of burying a lot of friends who have mm. died, and uh, even heard of one of our kids that was with us twenty years ago that committed suicide a couple of days ago. Um, Time is short, and I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. And so I want to take, I want to take advantage of my time. So I find that I kind of cut to the chase, and I don't just sit around and just talk about nothing. I'm very intentional when I sit down. I want to engage. I want to have a good conversation. I want to produce them. I just don't want to fill it with a lot of empty chatter. And, and it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm letting my type A personality control a situation, but it does mean that I go into engaging with my grandchildren. I'm not going to sit around and just go, hey, let's just watch TV or go to a movie. I want to do something that's going to make an impact where I get to engage with them in such a way that they see a part of me and they see what makes me tick. Mm-hmm. It's more about how I come across um, than it is maybe what I come across with because I'm given validity to the seeds that have already been sown in their life by their parents. And those seeds will come to fruition, but I'm there to help cultivate it and help them uh, get fertilized and to water those things and to, to be a place of nourishment. And I think that that's maybe that atmosphere that I want to create, but it's, but it's got to be done with intentionality. It can't be, you know, I, I mean, I know my grandmother I, I, like this. She makes a great, or she made a great chocolate cake. And that was it. My grandfather, you know, he, I'd, I'd watch him pull his teeth out and take <laughs> pieces of bread and stick them in milk and mix them up and eat them. And then we'd take him back to the retirement home. I don't think he ever spoke one word to me the whole mm, time yeah. that I knew him. My other grandfather was one who, who the only comment I can make is a racist remark that he said, and I, I won't even repeat it. And my grandmother, oh, golly. My mom's mom, all she did was complain about everything. <laughs> they left nothing for me to feed off of. There was nothing that I had that I got from them. There was no interest in me. They weren't intentional about anything. And, I, and I, so they had no effect. So, and it, so by the same token, that's where I go. If we're going to affect our grandkids, we've got to be intentional. Yeah. And it's got to be on us. When, when my father passed away several years back, uh, my second son, as we were going through my, my father's stuff, he discovered a lot of things about my dad that he had never known. 
And he said, oh, I, you know, I wish I'd known this about Papa. He and I could have talked about this. We could have done this. So, yeah, as, uh, you know, to your point, it's on us. We've got to initiate the conversations and we've got to, to do these things. We're talking today with Mark Gregston, radio host, speaker, founder of Heartlight Ministries, and uh, also author of the book we're talking about, Leaving a Legacy of Hope, Offering Your Grandchildren What No One Else Can. We'll have more conversation on License to Parent in just a moment. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. And incidentally, if you're enjoying this conversation but have missed some of the others, you'll find archives of all of our programs at LicensedToParent.org. And we're talking today with another radio host and, in fact, the founder of Heartlight Ministries, which is another residential counseling facility for teens in crisis. His name is Mark Gregston, and we're talking about his book, Leaving a Legacy of Hope, Offering Your Grandchildren What No One Else Can. And, Mark, I was sharing with you right before the break how um, my dad was uh, perhaps a bit of a mystery, and his grandchildren, mm-hmm. my children, learned things about him as we were going through his effects after he passed away. And that's really not the way it needs to be. We've got to take the lead on this, right? You know, we do. I, I mean, the same thing and a similar thing happened when my mom died. I, you know, I, I'm sitting at the funeral 
And I'm seeing pictures of her I've never seen before. I didn't know she was a majorette in a high school band. I didn't know mm-hmm. she, you know, then this was back in the 40s. And I, I'm, I didn't know all those things. And, and, and my point is, it, you know, this thing about being intentional about engaging with your child or even your grandchild, it, it's, it's all about that, that it, it is the adult that needs to make that happen. Yeah. It's on us, like you said, and I think that's well put, to make things happen. Because if you don't, they won't. You just, you just sit around. And, I, and so, so the encouragement is to, to grandparents. You know, eventually you're going to have health problems. Eventually you're going to get sick. I mean, if you don't die in an accident, you're going to die from something else. And, and, when you, and when you get to the end of that time, I think there's a, there's a point where, where as a grandparent you begin to think, how are my kids and grandkids going to remember me? Sure. Well, as parents, uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking about being a grandparent right now, uh, as a parent, how, how do we deal with the grandparent uh, that may actually be, you know, we're afraid to leave our kids alone with, and, and we're not, you know, not crazy about letting uh, Junior even hang out with them, even with supervision, or maybe grandma and grandpa are both nuttier than squirrel dung. I mean, how do we handle that? I mean, yeah. you, you know, you want to interact, I mean, interact, but they're kind of dangerous. Yeah, I think that's where you just set the boundaries. I, I, I mean, it's just, you just set the boundaries and say, we're not going to allow that to happen. And if, and if they say, you know, and I don't know whether you would ever tell your parents that they're nuttier than squirrel dung, but if everybody <laughs> knows it, you just, you just make up excuses <laughs> and say, oh, we're not doing that. Yeah. And, and you stick to it. Yeah. I, I think it's so important to stick to those things that you feel are, are important, um, and those things that are going to protect your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no way that I would leave my kids, uh, even my grandkids, this day, with with my dad, or even with uh, you know my wife's parents. I mean, it's it's just I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's it's not a sense of of overprotection. It's it's a uh, a true sense of wisdom of viewing a situation and realize this is, this is really truly not in the best interest yeah. of, uh, of my grandchildren or my child to, to allow them to stay. Yeah, it's a safety issue. But... And, and again, though, you are setting those rules and those guidelines ahead, ahead of time, time. Yeah. as the parent. Likewise, the grandparents are setting those rules ahead of time. That saves a lot of grief than when something comes up and you're having to all of a sudden sort it out from start to finish on the fly. That mm-hmm. never works very well. Yeah, yeah, you know my my dad has dementia, and uh, but he didn't know it, and so so there's a part of it that he doesn't understand why we don't leave the kids or anything else, and and he wouldn't understand it if you even told him or, uh, but I mean sometimes it's just a hard call, yeah. and sometimes you have to protect your kids and just say this is what we're going to do. It may be saying uh, we're going to stay in a hotel when we come and visit you guys. Um, and you don't owe a reason why to anybody. You just have made the decision that that's what you're going to do, and it may make everybody mad. But I think that's where, as a parent, you've just got to evaluate the situation and figure out what's best for your family, not what's best for the whole family. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Where you're saying this is what our kids need. Mark, sometimes when uh, Junior goes to Grandma and Grandpa's house, uh, it can seem as though that he relates better to, to them uh, than even his own parents. How can we grandparents keep from making our grandkids' parents, our, our own kids, feel as though we're competing with them for Junior's affection? 
great question, you know, because it goes back to that balancing act that we talked about where a parent has to discipline and push for grades and encourage a child to be responsible and treat everybody with respect and be obedient and and uh, to be honest, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And a grandparent doesn't have to do that unless you're with the child a whole lot. That, that, that you know, it's so it almost that a grandparent becomes a sugar daddy, if you will, not not only by material possessions, because they have more money to spend usually, and and uh, and they're wanting to give it away because they realize they're going to be gone soon. But I think the other part of it is they become a sugar daddy from a, for affection and also relationship, and and I think a grandparent desperately needs to be cognizant of the fact of what they're doing. If you are pitting your grandchild against against their parents, then you're not helping the situation. Right. You're harming it. And, uh, and that's where you've got to sit down and talk with the parents. How can we do this different? If every time, I, I, I just heard of this, I heard that there was a grandparent that's been slipping money to a grandchild and the mother didn't even know about it. I mean, four or $500 a month. And, and the mother couldn't figure out why, you know, her 14-year-old son was just going off the deep end. Well, it's because the grandparents were undermining this mother. And so the mother's intervened and said, my son will not only not get the money, but will not be around you unless I'm there until I see something different. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, could you give some final words of encouragement to our listeners that would encourage them uh, uh, as grandparents, you know, I would love to, and I I would tell you this. Be a good grandparent, but here's the most encouraging words that I can give you. Trace Embry is one of the greatest guys that I know, and he is committed to kids. He's committed to families, and spend time listening to what he says on this radio program. If you ever struggle with kids or ever have a tough time, the program that he runs is absolutely amazing. And I would tell you, that that would be my word of encouragement. Don't hesitate to lean on those people that have spent their lives pouring it into the lives of kids because they can give you some great advice in regards to parenting and also grandparenting. Trace is capable of talking about grandparenting far more than any book I could ever write. Because if you've engaged with him, he'll offer you bits and uh, of wisdom and little nuggets of truth that, that will change the destiny of your family. And that's how much trust I have in, in Trace and, and the radio program. Well, do you take Visa or MasterCard, Mark? Very kind words. Thank very you very nice. much for that. But uh, Rich, we're on time. Well, I mean, I mean every word of it. I, I do. I, 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 uh, I hold you guys in high, high regard and have a profound respect for, for you. Likewise. Yeah, likewise, indeed. Hey, our guest today on Licensed to Parent and Traces, right, we are out of time. We've run out of program before we've run out of things to say. Uh, our <laughs> guest, usual. though, has been Mark Gregston. Mark, of course, a popular radio host in his own right and a speaker and the founder of Heartlight Ministries, which is another very fine residential counseling facility for teens in crisis. And we, uh, we so appreciate his friendship with us. We also appreciate all that he's poured into writing a number of of books and other resources, including the one we've been talking about today. It's called Leaving a Legacy of Hope, Offering Your Grandchildren What No One Else Can, and you'll find that and Mark's other books and more about Mark's ministry at heartlightministries.org. And that does wrap it up for today's edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. 
You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Now, we produce this program to share some of the more challenging lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day in the hopes that your family might avoid the need for a residential program at all for your teen. And as always, if you can help our work financially, we would so appreciate that. You can do so by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Now, your gift can help the work that we do at Shepherd's Hill and can help some less fortunate families who may need residential care but can't afford it. A donation in any amount will certainly be a blessing, and unfortunately, the need is great right now. So again, please click the Donate button when you visit us at LicensedToParent.org, and thank you in advance. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.